Oh, some people don't like you to talk like that. Oh, some people don't like to shut you up for saying those things. You know that. Lots of people, lots of groups in this country want to tell you how to talk, tell you what you can't talk about. Well, sometimes they'll say, well, you can talk about something, but you can't joke about it. Say you can't joke about something because it's not funny. Comedians run into that shit all the time. Like rape. They'll say, you can't joke about rape. Rape's not funny. I say, fuck you. I think it's hilarious. How do you like that? Why do you think your cave women was created with short legs and fat butts? I don't know, Arch, but I'm sure you got a good answer. So they couldn't run fast, so the men could catch them and force them to make the meals in the baby. Weren't there any cave women with long legs and skinny butts that could run faster than the men? Well, them, the men would have to bring down with a rock. <laughs> Hey, you know, we just drove 750 miles across the desert with your food, and it occurred to us that there wouldn't be world hunger if you people would live where the food is! You live in a desert! You understand that? You live in a desert! Nothing grows there! Hi, welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt doesn't want me to share this, but he cried throughout the entirety of the presidential Bush, President Bush memorial service. Not so much from the sadness of loss or empathy for the Bush family, but from a painful erection from CNN showing all those close-up shots of the boys' choir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate, by the way, I hate uh, being Jewish. I, first of all, church services always like make me really nervous mm. uh, because it's like I can't tell. The kids are all the kids. The choirs are always singing something in a very high falsetto, and I can never quite understand what they're saying. But I think it's death to Jews, or something. That's yeah. There's always like a sixty-person choir, and they're always singing. It sounds like kind of beautiful, but you don't know exactly what they're saying. Well, there's a reason most horror movies feature children singing. <laughs> yes, I don't know why. There's something scary about it. Also, there's still the uh, somehow they somehow people still let their kids go to uh, I don't know if a cathedral. It's Catholic or they, he's Episcopalian, but I was a Catholic church. But somehow they still let their kids go do choir with the guy who was leading the choir, like this 50 year old bald guy, and then in their ro- in their in their white robes. I don't understand. Yeah. I thought that was I thought at some point the parents decided we weren't going to let our kids be in choir anymore at the, ch- at the church along with the priest. Well, if I was sending my kids to um, like a daycare. Yeah, and, and it came out that uh, the people in charge of the daycare were really into like molesting kids and yeah. covering it up. Like twenty percent of the daycare workers were about <laughs> to be arrested for for long term child molestation. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't send them to that daycare. No, it's a. Uh, in I fact, it'd probably be shut down like by the authorities. I think one thing people don't talk about that much is it's a very class oriented thing. They're all most of those kids are from lower income backgrounds mm-hmm. and uh, immigrant or lower income backgrounds in the Catholic Church. The kids that are there. Like, it's not like a wealth. I mean, I think the wealthier people are hip to it, first off. And second off, they're, they're not as involved in the church. So they're mostly kids from broken families or from poor backgrounds and things like that. that these priests are molesting, which should make you feel, I guess, worse. <laughs> because yeah. poor, poor fucking kids. Like, the dad's not. It's usually the dad's not around. The mom relies on the church a lot and is really involved in the church. And she church gets her, is free. It's free. They get the boys are like, it's where you send your boys when they're trouble, if you live in a troubled area like a gang infested or something like that because it's a safe haven. Yeah. And then they get fucking rammed up the ass by father so-and-so. I mean, if if Kmart, if like the president of Kmart was involved in covering up like a a molestation ring that took place inside of the Kmart. Yes. 
Kmart wouldn't exist anymore. No. <laughs> well, I mean, the Catholic Church has paid out billions of dollars in in civil civil uh, judgments, but they have some. They have an endless. I mean, I saw an article like two months ago. Whatever they have, like thirty billion dollars or forty billion dollars. They basically and they paid off four billion dollars in suits. Yeah, which is a lot of money, but they have an ongoing income. They'll never actually run out of money, so they don't have to really. Oh yeah, and they have money that. <laughs> we don't even know how much money yeah, they, they have. Right. And they own the Vatican and they own all these property. I mean, the a- the value of their assets has got to be in the hundreds of billions of dollars. When you're a property. Catholic person and you're sort of giving money on that collection plate, doesn't it strike you as odd that they have the extra $250 million <laughs> yes. Dollars yes. For in Philadelphia and in and, and Baltimore and That's Boston. where the money's coming from. Yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, I assume that at some point the collection money from the poorer people isn't a lot of money, obviously. If some people are paying a dollar and it's not going to pay off your billions of dollars of settlements. So some people like Mel Gibson must be paying like, you know, just like Tom Cruise gives $100 million to Scientology. Yeah. There must be rich Catholics who are giving lots of money to the Catholic Church. To yeah, and all the real estate they have. I don't know how that works exactly, but I mean, they don't pay taxes. It was taken by force at some point, so they didn't really earn it. Right. The, the priests were given the priests were given the uh, I, I didn't know this. this is, and I'll move off from the Catholic Church because it wasn't about the Catholic Church. But <laughs> the reason they didn't have the reason they didn't let priests marry or have kids like you know, they had. They probably all fucked around the side. But the reason they had no official wives or kids was so the property, the property they owned would return to the Catholic Church. Mm. So they never be an heir to the property of, of the thousands or tens of thousands of priests around the world. So when a priest dies, their property, whatever they have, goes back to the Catholic Church. So they never have to worry about losing property through the through the generations, because there's no heir cl- there's no heir claim to anything because they have no legitimate children. So they've through 800 years, 900 years, whatever it's been, they've just amassed more and more property. And the priests, you know, their entire employee base that has, has conquered lands and so forth owns nothing. Right. So they get it all. So when they go conquer South America, they get South America. <laughs> the church gets South America. Like the conquerors don't get to keep anything. <laughs> The missionaries kept nothing. They conquered like Uruguay and, you know, Bolivia and Colombia, whatever else, and fought the Incans, but they kept nothing. So the church got it all. Right. That's a pretty cool deal. Uh, that's If Kmart could do that, they'd be doing a lot, they'd be doing a lot better. I never see him in, in Alaska. The uh, nuns and priests didn't wear the silly costumes. They mostly just dressed like normal people. Were they Catholic, though? Yeah, they were Catholic, but they didn't have the the headgear. They're Alaskan Catholic. Yeah, they wore like uh, Disneyland T-shirts. Lumberjack. I think they wore <laughs> shit that people gave them, but I don't know. I kind of miss seeing the. Uh, you, I just you never see them anymore. The nuns with the uh, whatever you call that thing. Oh, the habits. Yeah, the habit. Uh, if you go to East LA, you'll see a lot of it, hmm. but there's just not much involvement. I don't think. I think almost it's entirely Hispanic now in Los Angeles. There just aren't many practicing Catholics of the Caucasian of Caucasian anymore. That line, right. I think those people all left, which is another reason why they're pushing for more Central American immigration, is because those are all ca- those are all future American <laughs> future American mm, Catholics. Interesting. Uh, this week's show. I'm sorry to make fun of the Catholic Church, man. <laughs> By the way, I'd be more nervous with the Catholic priest who was disguised as a regular guy, and they all play guitar, right? Do they all play guitar? Uh, do they? I don't know. There's something like a, it seems to me like a molester priest would like know how to play guitar. He'd be the cool priest who knew how to play yeah. guitar. They like baseball, I think, or yeah. at least they pretend to. <laughs> uh, this week's show is actually, I, I, to be fair, I only know one guy who became a Catholic priest, and he's like the coolest dude. And I don't believe he's molesting anybody. He's just a good guy who was just Catholic. I wanted to become a priest. Well, it's not 100%. 
uh, the rate is <laughs> probably about <laughs> 30. Well, 100% of the people of the priests I know. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by the Golden Globe nominations. If you don't give a shit how the Motion Picture Academy dimwits and salad eaters pick nominations for the Oscars, then you surely can care even less for how a pack of bloated, self-important Hollywood foreign press passers decide which show and films are the most amazing. The Hollywood foreign press, they're the fat people you see in Hollywood. <laughs> they, they, they did a breakdown once of the Hollywood foreign press, and it is just basically like fat French people. Like, and not fat from like necessarily gluttony, just drink, just heavy drinkers and eaters. What, what is the foreign press? Uh, it are people who are uh, from foreign countries that live, work in Hollywood covering the, the film, film so and TV. So they're like correspondents for their home country, sort of? Yes, but I think it's like a permanent, it's basically like, yes, for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. So they basically live in L.A. for good, but they're residents of Italy or France or England or something like that, and they go to all the screens, they have their events, and then they pick out the Golden Globe, they put together the Golden Globe Awards. And I'm quite convinced, just like the Academy, they don't see any of these movies or very few of them. Or t- plus, they do. T- they added TV shows just to get more attention. Right, right. Um, but they kind of pick, you know, all the politically correct stuff and the stuff like there's buzz around. I, I these people can't be seeing these movies. The Academy people don't see these movies. They just ask some, you know, their buddies. Well, isn't it their job like, <laughs> yeah. to see them? Like, what else are they doing? I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Uh, but they're not seeing these like all these indie. They're not going to all these fucking crappy like high fluent indie movies. There's just no way. Um, and then they're just voting. I mean, it's like it's I don't know. And then they they do the snubs and the other stuff. And it looks like Black Panther got snubbed because it was too popular of a movie. By the way, it wasn't that great of a movie. No, it wasn't. But it's gonna be it's gotta be a movie that, with that guy uh, somehow. Timothy Chalamet, whatever that guy's name is, has to be in the movie. Now there's certain actors that have to be in the movie and have to be about the the movie about the gay. Conversion, of course, got nominations. Oh, right. And, and this British time, British costume period with the Emma Stone and the, the, the other big actress in it. Like, who the fuck wants to watch a British costume? And they, oh, it's, a, it's the greatest thing ever, but it's got three, it's about three women this time, three strong women. Uh, I don't want to see people in the fucking wigs and the costumes and shit like that. Who watches no, those? It sounds brutal. Who watches those movies? Um, anyhow, that's it, but as bad as the Academy is, the Hollywood Foreign Press is even worse because they're not even like they wouldn't even let like Ice Cube is like now in the Academy at least. Right. So at least you know there's one regular guy with a vote or a couple regular guys with votes. The Hollywood Foreign Press is like is like nobody you know, fuckers. How did they end up? That's it seems weird to me. I don't know. It's they like, started the Globes like a long time ago, sixty years ago or something. Is that why it's called the Globes? Like it's supposed to be kind of international. International, yeah, but in, it's not really. Is it's it? in Hol- No, they just do American fare, but it's in Hollywood. <laughs> but it's like what the world. I, I don't know. It used to have like it's any chance to have a fucking luncheon. Right. People, if you can be like a, if you can be like a, 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 a cinema, like a movie reviewer or critic or something like that, that's the best gig you could ever possibly get. So I used to do this thing where I would get the internet, um, like from Paramount or Universal, would give me the, like the internet media thing. Mm-hmm. They'd invite you to. I think one time they flew me to New York. They would put you up. You got to meet like all the. You got. To, I got to meet Denzel Washington. I got to meet all these other people at these things. But they have like the the day for the real print press people, magazines and print press, and they have the day for like the internet people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's an embarrassing group of people. <laughs> it's an embarrassing <laughs> group of people. But if you promise, and they won't tell you this, they can't obviously tell you you have to write a good review. But, like, you know, seeing those one sheets, like the good review, like the amazing film from, like, it used to be from, like, KAIO Radio in Indiana or some outlet, media outlet you never heard of. Mm-hmm. But now it's internet. So now it's like moviesforus.com, says, you know, right. the slogan. So if you are willing to 
play ball and give them positive reviews only, they will set you up with hotel rooms, uh, meet the, meet the celebrities. They'll fly you to L.A. or New York to to, to do that to do junkets. Um, they'll let you get quick interviews sometimes with the stars, all for basically playing ball and being from a reasonably legit sounding website right. that gives positive re- positive reviews. So you don't get paid; you just get to go. You get goodies. You get gift baskets in your hotel room. You get free travel. I'd, I'd do it. Just oh for yeah, a free trip to New York. Yeah, I mean, you, and, and then you get like they'll pay for you, like give you probably per diem for food. They'll give you gift certificates for food and stuff like that. So like if you're like a like, and they're all independent bloggers basically running their own little websites. But you got to play ball because the minute you give a bad review, yeah, <laughs> you, you don't get the phone. You don't get the phone calls anymore. If you're a professional, you know, one of the more respected movie reviewers, I'm gonna say like Leonard Mall. I don't know. I don't really read any of that Leonard stuff. Malt, but uh-huh. what what is it? You you watch like one movie a day, two movies a day, three movies a day. Well, nowadays I think they just get the screeners at home too. So in the old days, you probably had to go to the you had to go to the theater mm-hmm. or special screen. Now you can just watch it on digital download or a DVD at home. So that's like two hours out of your day, and then you got to write the review, obviously. Yeah. So that takes some time. But I think the the, the reviewers, you know, a lot of the papers are paying these guys less money. I mean, the uh, there's, there's some big, you know, there's some, you know, New York Times, L.A. Times, there's some big ones, right? But outside of that, I don't think they're getting paid very much money anymore. Right. So you're better off getting the getting hanging out with Denzel Washington and. Uh, <laughs> I, I talked I talked to Denzel Washington for like five minutes. It was really cool. I got free. Uh, I think they paid for my hotel and something else. Um, and actually, there was one trip. One of them was to London. It was for Star Trek. Some one of the ones they had a big London event. Oh, Fast and Furious. I think one of the Fast and Furious. And they were offering to fly you to like I couldn't go. I sent somebody else to London and hotel for three days and round trip airfare. I got to and get a on tour this. of the and a tour of the set. And it was all completely. I mean, it's like you know. Five thousand dollars worth of goodies for free, and of course you got to play ball and write a nice. You got a nice, write a nice review. I got to do that. I've been combining my my dating with like free shit that I have to do anyway. Yes. yes. So like uh, I can like I write these restaurant reviews. Oh, uh, restaurant reviews must be great. And I so you know I I don't tell the the chick that that's what I'm there for. You get free meals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I'd like to take a chick to London, you know? Yeah. Well, so they need not the, pay for so it. they need uh, nowadays. So they need digital. They want good internet press, but it doesn't affect the mood because these sites are all very small. It's not like a Rotten Tomatoes review or something like that, but they have the f- studios have all set aside money now for digital bloggers. Cause that's a thing they've been convinced. So they have their budget of, you know, 50 grand or hundred grand per big movie release to spend on these people. And if you get in that pack, you can just go to all these places in New York, London, L.A., trips, hotels, stuff like that. And all you got to do is write a nice review. My blog is very negative, though. I don't know if they're going to No, that will not work. You have to have a, kind of job. No, no. It has to be like ilovemovies.com. You know, Scott from ilovemovies.com says the best Fast and Furious ever. So this if I just... Franchi- this is a franchise winner. If I start <laughs> a movie review site and it's all just gushing about shitty movies, they will pay for me to go to New Yeah, York. I think there's some... They will do a small investigation, a very minor investigation to see you have a social media site and some, you know, some basic traffic. But yeah, basically. So hmm. uh, you remember those things that always made fun of those like KDRA radio in Denver gives it four stars. Yeah. And yeah. you always wonder what the... F- you never heard of this thing before, this outlet, the so-and-so gazette, you know, <laughs> these things like... Best movie of the decade. You know it's bad when it's just a random person on Twitter. Yes. It's yes. like cool. Dave <laughs> Dave Jackson 108 there, says... Uh, I had good... F- all I know is I had good food and, I, and Denzel and I hung out. Uh, do not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last minute. Thanks to all our new patrons. 
Get on this shit now before it disappears. At some point, you won't be able to give us money anymore. I'm turning that spigot off. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Matt, I know you're a big fan of Asian American comics. Do you, mm. do you know any Asian American comics? Yeah, Kevin Shea is very funny. Ali Wong. Um, yeah, there's a few. Uh, Andy, how about Indian American? Jimmy o Yang. Indian American uh, comics. There's yeah. a guy. There's a guy who. That, well, was a Pakistani. What's his name? Uh, um, the guy from Silicon Valley who's doing well. Uh, k- uh, Kamal. 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 Yeah, but India. But he's Pakistani. So this uh, uh, Namesh Patel. Patel, I think, is Smith in India, right? Because there seem to be it's like pretty a, common. I, think. <laughs> I mean, I, I've known like ten Indian guys, and like eight of them have been named Patel. Yeah, that in Submaranian, really? Which uh, it seems very complicated, kind of an elaborate name to be so common. You know? I would go with Patel. Yeah, I mean, it's Dev Patel. It seems like a, a cool, accepted Indian name in, in the U.S. So this writer named Namesh Patel, he's a writer for SNL, uh, which I don't really haven't watched in many years, but I think he was the first Indian American writer for SNL. Which, again, I don't like to do the whole racial thing, but it's a something. It's a something. Yeah. You're the first Indian-American writer on a show like that. Um, and he's a c- comedian. He did writing for, like, two years on the show. He left to start doing stand-up. I guess he's opening for some pretty decent acts in stand-up. So he's doing, you know, actual, you know, pretty big gigs these days, at least opening for pretty big gigs. So he's known in the Asian-American community, which, by the way, includes Indians. Uh, which always kind of blows my mind for a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I don't think of Indians as being Asian. No, you think of Chinese people. Yeah, yeah, or Japanese people. But I, and as it turns out, India is in Asia. I just remember from fourth grade. Uh, from well, fourth I mean, grade. Israel's in Africa too. But yeah, yeah. that's true. Although uh, there was a there was a uh, speaking of that, there was a article in one of these hipster uh, Brooklyn uh, out media outlets recently that said. The reason there's been a lot of violence in Jew against Hasidic Jews by blacks in, in Brooklyn and in, in, uh, Bensonhurst and other places in Queens. Mm. And they said uh, the the magazine was uh, excusing the violence because they said the black people see these black people see Jews as ultra white, like ultra white, like excessively white people. Mm. Like the whitest you can be is to be Jewish, which I'd like to just remind that we are African. We actually are African <laughs> Semitic, <laughs> Semitic people. Who, if you actually go to like the Middle East, are really dark, really dark, generally dark-skinned people. Yeah. So we've lost our tone here in the U.S., but we're not, we're not, we're not ultra Caucasian. We're not ultra Caucasian. What? Why would you? I mean, I understand that they're annoying and they think they're better than everyone, but hell yes, I do. Not like they uh, really, you know, do any harm. Well, I think it's like, I think if you're if you're black, like in L.A., the blacks hate the Koreans, right? Because mm. they own the liquor stores in the in the hood. And so like during the riots, they all attack the Korean markets and they always, you know, make fun of Koreans as being these like overly aggressive, ambitious immigrants in their you know community or they hate the Hispanics who are doing the same thing. I think it's just a scapegoat kind of thing. Yeah. If you're in a shitty area and then you see people who are like, I don't know how well the Hasidic are doing, but you see people doing kind of well, you just, you know, it's just a fucking hate driven thing. I was driving on Beverly, which is, you know, where a lot of the Hasidic people are. This is a few years ago. It was back kind of before Uber was big. And uh, these two Hasidic guys, I was stopped at a traffic light, and they kind of knocked on my window, and it was getting dark. Yeah. And I assume this had something to do with it. And they go, Hasidic rape? This is about to be a Hasidic <laughs> rape story. <laughs> no, there's these two fat guys wearing these ridiculous hats, and they go, uh, can you drive us up yes. to Highland? Yeah. And I go, okay, sure. 
I don't know. You're like, like the Shabbos Goy. It was the Shabbat? Because they can't drive in Shabbat. Yeah, it was some kind of... Yes. I mean, every other day is a fucking holiday for these people. But, yes. Uh, they, have a lot, they do have a lot of holidays. So they get in the back of the car. I know they spoke English because they asked me in English to drive them somewhere. Yeah. So I figure they're in my car. Maybe yeah. I'll strike up a little conversation. Uh-huh. It's sort of awkward. Who lets, who lets strange men in their car, by the way, in strange hats? Um, I figured... You're the boy who gets molested by the priest. You like, like religious men in your car, strangers? Well, th- what are they? They're not going to kill me. I, honestly, I'd feel yeah. safer with these Hasidic guys, and I wouldn't have given a random, not Homeless dressed person. up in yes. paraphernalia guy yeah. a ride. I guess if they're wearing a suit and tie, I guess you're, <laughs> right. you'd feel okay. So I'm like, hey, so how's it going today? Silence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you guys, uh, yeah, is it a holiday? Nothing. Like, I'm not worth talking to. They're not like, speak to you. hey, you cocksuckers. <laughs> Did you make him get out? I'm giving you a ride. <laughs> Did you make him get out? It was bizarre. Were they Russian? Were they Russian were Russian Jews? I don't know. Do you know how, do you, uh, I have a million side stories today. Do you know how the Russian Jews got to that area? Hmm. In West Hollywood in the late 80s, uh, when they uh, all the people started dying from AIDS, and the property values were dropping dramatically in West Hollywood because, like, half the population was dying, was HIV positive, was dying from AIDS. So there are all these vacant properties in West Hollywood. And the mayor of West Hollywood smartly flew to Russia and told uh, uh, whoever was in charge in Russia at the time, Gorbachev or something like that, they had all the, refu- you know, all the Jews they were trying to get out, that I'll take all the Jews, basically. And he it, it brought out like 50,000 Jews from Russia to uh, West Hollywood Wow! to move there. And that's why West Hollywood is like half Hasidic or Orthodox Russian Jew, <laughs> Russian Jews. Was because he needed the people to fill the real estate because the real estate prices were plummeting because everybody was dying from AIDS. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy Jewish story. Now, don't you feel bad about uh, being mean to the Hasidics? They were mean to me. <laughs> they were. I still don't. Why I would? I'm Jewish. I wouldn't let them in my car, but I know more about them. <laughs> they're uh, they're not bad people, but they yeah. It's like it's like any fundamentalist from any religion. It was like you letting like an ISIS guy, a couple ISIS guys in your car. Like <laughs> if yeah. they were wearing like the ta- if they were wearing like the the bandanas on their head and like had rifles and like had Korans and like we're talking about like driving driving the infidels in the earth. And you're like, yeah, I'll give you a ride. Why, why not? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I, I hadn't been around that long, so I I didn't you know realize that a lot of them are kind of creeps. Yeah, I would say if uh, people anyone who's devoted their life to God. Don't let in the back of your car. <laughs> it's just not going to be. It seems like they'd be safer, but in their own way, they're, they're a little more dangerous. So this guy, Namesh Patel, Indian-American guy, gets invited by a group at Columbia University. And I know there's a bunch of stand-ups who said they will no longer work at school at colleges mm. because they're just sick of all the fucking PC stuff and all the protests or, and or slipping up and having people boo them for stupid shit. Because basically college students, especially at ni- the nicer colleges, the upscale, the Ivies and stuff like that, are... The most intolerant fucks in the entire world. Yeah. And they're just looking for a reason to be offended by stuff so they can claim to be offended so they can get, gain stature in their righteousness. Um, but literally, he was invited by the Asian American group to celebrate the fact he's an Asian American writer on SNL to do stand up at uh, something they called the Shock Culture Event, which is a charity fundraiser. Culture, sh- culture shock. shock, shock culture. They might have turned around, I don't remember. But uh, to show how, you know, in the creative fields, like Asian Americans were doing great shit. When I hear shock, I, I almost think like shock humor. Yes. Like, yes, you would think so. And I guess Nimesh Patel thought that because he opened up or slowly got into his comedy, which is he's very edgy. He's an edgy comedian. Mm-hmm. And he's Indian American. He lives in a very diverse minority area in New York. So he tells racial jokes, not racist jokes, by the way, racial jokes. 
And so he told a joke about a gay black guy in his, in his you know, one of his neighbors who's gay and black. And he said he believes him that he's because most there's very few openly gay black men. Um, and he believes him because he said the guy already takes shit for being black. Why would you add gay on top of that? You know, uh, it's not much of a joke. Really. Now, I'm sure the way he told delivered it was better Probably. or worse because they instantly started booing and hissing him. <laughs> And then uh, shortly thereafter, uh, and by the way, I don't think he had any idea when he told the joke that he was being shocking. It was just his stand-up. It was, it was just he's doing his stand-up routine. It's definitely not like a hurt, hurtful or hateful joke. No, he wasn't making fun <laughs> of blacks or making fun of gays. He was actually making fun of how oppressed they are, yeah. how it sucks to be a black or gay because you take so much shit. And being a black gay would be the ultimate in taking shit. It's like people just hear this word. They hear gay. Yes. They may have not even been paying attention before that. And all of a sudden, they hear gay, and they're like... I think they do. I think that's the scary part. They do pay attention on campus because they want to hear words, trigger words. And so they heard black, and they heard gay, and they're like... They accused him of being a racist and a homophobe, and they cut off his microphone. These are the people who invited him, by the way, and said that he was too... He was, he was spewing too much stereotyping, uh, racist hate and they had we're not gonna let him perform anymore <laughs> like like i like and he's just like must be sitting there going like seriously what the, f- what the fuck is wrong with you people like i'm the most successful asian american comic <laughs> in this in this land and you invited me here and i'm super geeked to be here and i'm just doing my stand-up routine and it's not offensive and you just fucking turn off my mic and kick me out sometimes you need a stereotype to be true okay my millison friends great guys but when you're fighting with your girlfriend, you want the opinion of that one Middle Eastern guy that doesn't believe in women's rights on your side. <laughs> you guys got tense, but I'm not wrong. It's wrong, but I'm not wrong. Oh, you think I should do the dishes? <laughs> Let's see what this dude from Qatar has to say. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was just talking to a, a good friend of mine who's a comic, and he's doing a a tour with uh two other comics and for their intros they think it's funny to uh just say really ridiculous untrue credentials like yes. uh this next guy was in Schindler's List <laughs> and yes. this guy uh directed Avatar <laughs> and after the show people come up and go I didn't know you directed Avatar and <laughs> he's like you forget how fucking dumb yeah uh the average audience which is made up of average people is well probably different than uh, asian americans at columbia university who i'm going to guess are like you know you're 1500 to 1600 range sats yeah so and at this you know they're hyper hyper i think hyper aware of shit obviously they heard the word black again they cut him off they cut his mic off i mean the fuck cut someone's mic off that's like a, like that's just like a, such a like a uh, like a principal at a at a middle school event when the middle school kids like start getting raunchy on the microphone or something like that. Cut the mics, cut the mics. Like we're yeah. about to be, we're about to get in trouble. Cut the cut the mics. And this guy is a main. He's a mainstream comedian. But I think what people don't understand about minorities and minority comedians, just minorities in general, if you have happen to have minority friends, is they are some of the most racist motherfuckers you've ever met in your entire life. Yeah. And they don't see just because you're a minority doesn't mean you don't make you don't make racial jokes or minority jokes or because you're a gay guy. You don't make gay jokes or because you're Hispanic. You don't make jokes about blacks or Asians or Jews or whatever else it is. That's just what you that's what all comedians do. And the idea is it's kind of refreshing that 
a minority comedian actually just tells jokes the same way a non-minority comedian does. They find humor in the same things. But somehow they think like there's like if you have an Indian American guy, he's not going to tell offensive jokes because inherently he's suffered what suffered victimization and therefore he knows better. He's only going to tell like safe, friendly, positive, positive jokes. No, I mean, if you're a minority comedian, you're almost certainly going to do some racial material. Yes. Uh, if, if nothing it, else about the racism you te- you have to sh- put up with. Right. And they actually, they probably would have let that go. Like if he were like, as an Indian American, if he did the old fucking Indian American put, you know, I've been put down as an Indian American. People think I'm a whatever English or they think I'm, you know, all those Indian American jokes or I work for Microsoft, a Microsoft help center, all those fucking standard cliche. I'm from India jokes. Mm. But then he starts you know, making fun of blacks and gays. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, like, I mean, you know, you've seen Chris Rock before and other people like that. They rip on other people. And Dave Chappelle fucking rips on Asia. He re- loves to rip on Asia. He loves to rip on Asia. And he's married to an Asian woman. Right. But he loves to rip on Asian Americans. And it's fucking funny. I mean, they can, they can rip on black people. I don't think he gives a shit. Um, it's just we've come to a point now in this country where you can't tell. Even a minority guy is now supposed to be even, like, do what? Positive feel good jo- where's the where's the jo- where's the market in that i don't think people can differentiate though it's like it's like they hear certain words that are right ra- and, and they're like is this racist or not it's just easier to say it is yes um or to be or to be concerned that you'll be associated with a person who used a racial term or a homophobic term i, I don't understand he was like talking about being gay you, you get more put upon by being gay that was basically his joke. Yeah, there's nothing. He's saying that blacks and gays have it rough. Yes. So why would you be a black gay? Want to be both? Yes. <laughs> it's just an observation he makes from his his growing up in a neighborhood of very diverse people in Manhattan. So I I don't know. It's just it's so fucking scary. And these are like supposed to be the smartest people in the you know the future leaders in the generation. I think it gets worse. This shit gets worse and worse. I, here's what I think there's always been you went you know from the college experience, there's always been dipshits in college there's always been like chicks marching there's always been like people like guys pretending to support the chicks who march about shit there's always been upset feminists there's always been these fucking PC people on campus forever or at least since you know you and I've been around but I think what's different now is like they're now supported by the administration right <laughs> like the administration used to be Dean Warmer who hated it used to be the, the administration was supposed to hate the students and like stop stop them from doing shit and like put them in their place. Yeah. Now they just do nothing. So now like the kids, it's basically like the kids have taken out. It's like those cool, the cool parents you knew, the, the kids who had cool parents who let them like drink and have keg parties in high school. That's basically what's happening now. It's like the adults at the institution have just ceded power to the students to make the rules at the school. Yeah, well, they don't want to come off as not having a, a, a good, safe place to go to school because they need the money so but they do it they do it public institutions as well i mean it is definitely more at private schools but uh remember um missouri was the first place where that lady that professor was screaming about safe spaces Mm. and had the circle where the journalists weren't allowed to go in and she was trying to find people to assault the (laughs) assault the journalists (laughs) help me help me toss them out right you know so there's no profit there's no profit motive there i think it's definitely a you definitely don't want I just don't think they don't want protesters they don't want kids fucking marching through their doors and stuff but I remember like you know in the old days it was like people in the Vietnam War when all these protests started the kids would like take over Berkeley or something like that but the police would come in they'd tear gas the kids 
they'd arrest them. The administration would come down hard on them and suspend them or expel them or do some shit to them. And now they, there's none of that. So it's like, you know, basically you have 19-year-old, 20-year-olds with complete freedom to, like, be as outraged as they want to be and make rules on campus, and nobody fucking stops them. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I mean, when you can't handle... I mean, think about how sterilized it's becoming and, yes. you know, with trigger warnings and stuff now in class, like they'll say, you know, we're going to talk about the Holocaust or whatever. And if that makes you uncomfortable, you can you're allowed to leave. And, uh, you know, it just seems to be trickling down to everything where, you know, it's like it's like these kids aren't they can't behave like adults. They like can't they can't it. hear something they don't no. like, which is kind of like part of what comedy is. Well, I think it's it comes up from I mean it's before, it's before they get to college, obviously, but the whole school system now. I know having kids going through school, they sanitize everything, so the kid there's no bullying allowed, there's no f- harsh language allowed, there's no competitive sports, there's no contact sports, there's no all that shit that like you know uh, that people like kind of joke about. It's actually true, so everybody's affirmed in their in their beliefs. Like if a kid says something fucking stupid, I I always go back to the fact that my PE coach used to throw balls at people's heads. He would Me throw too. he would throw a basketball at your fucking head. Like if you giggled or laughed or made a joke, he would actually throw it, take a basketball and throw it at your fucking head. And it hurt like <laughs> fucking like I think it could have knocked some kids like unconscious. Also the the, the coach with the baseball bats would, if you weren't wearing your cup would take the baseball bat and ram it between your legs. <laughs> like Yeah. And they'd call you like pussy and yes. faggot. Yep. Got that too, <laughs> and mostly what they most adults most adults in position of power just told you to shut the fuck up. Yeah, like and if you if you I mean I remember you got people getting thrown. Like teachers would actually physically grab the kids, and there's always boys. They wouldn't touch the girls necessarily, but the girls didn't act up. But the boys who were like hyper ADD back then just got tossed around by teachers, um, or they had to clean the toilets, or they had to fucking run five miles or shit like that. Basically, the whole thing was just shut the fuck up. <laughs> we're like, you know, it, it wasn't quite another brick in the wall. But it was just like if you're a kid and there's an adult around, you shut up. You don't say shit because you're like you're not supposed to. You're not on the same level as the adults. Right. And they let you know that over and over again that you're there to like learn and shut the fuck up. Yeah. And uh, at my school anyway, and this was right after when was uh, Columbine was like 98 or 98, 99. Yeah. So my last two years of high school, everyone was like on fucking high alert. And uh, (laughs) for the dudes in the overcoats. Yeah, it was crazy. They brought in like they had like guards. And oh shit. yeah, yeah. They, people overreact. The country overreacted. Yeah, it was really sad to see, um, and and difficult to put up with. But yeah, I mean, basically, you know, it was like being in a prison. It was authoritarian. And I think in most in most school districts, I mean, in shitty school districts, let's say it's still that way. They still ha- are still a very militaristic, top-down approach to like just because of all the potential problems they have with the schools. But in the white suburban, in the suburban areas, the nicer areas, the more upscale areas, the kids are heavily affirmed and their esteem is affirmed. And they're told, if they have a fucking stupid idea, they're told it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> they're told right. they have little things like when the teacher asks the students what's wrong, how, how the teacher can improve or shit like that. No one's ever punished. No one's ever expelled unless it's a crazy violent act, you know. So and they drug and they drug half of the, the boys anyhow who have who are right drugged up. So when they get to college, you know, I always remember the thing about college. I remember the most was like uh, there were kids from all around the country, and a lot of them came from like Kansas or Nebraska or shit like that. And some of them were gay. A lot of, number of them were gay, and they were completely repressed in high school because they had to hide the fact that they were gay. And then when they got to college, and there were other gay people, it was very open. 
they just went fucking super gay. Right, <laughs> they went right. like not. They just fucking sodomized the fucking living crap out of each other. They had gay clubs. They went drinking. They just fucking sucked dick day day and night, and started wearing like lipstick and everything they could because they were so repressed. But now it's like the kids now are unrepressed when they get to college. They're used to being in control of shit, uh, so now they have control of a fucking campus. Now they can do whatever they want. Yeah, but you think they would just be more chill because, you know. Like, you're coming from high school, and I guess, for me, it was like, well, let's try and break everyone. Like, whether it be a teacher or a principal, like, let's psychologically torture them (laughs) until they start crying. Um, And then when you get to... That was the best part of school. Oh, yeah, (laughs) and it worked. We had a guy throw a trash can across the room, (laughs) multiple (laughs) screaming episodes. All went unpunished, by the way. It was so sad looking back on it, because you were actually bullying the teachers. Yeah, we were. We were. Um, but then w- when you get to college, you're like, okay, I don't have to go to class. I'm here voluntarily. Yes. No one can tell me. And you're paying either paying a shitload of money or taking a shitload of student debt. Yeah. You go to class like th- what? Three or four hours a day. It's not difficult. No. If you're reasonably intelligent, like, and, and you, you know, you have unlimited food. You're around unlimited, sa- unlimited, sac- for the unlimited, first booze, time. unlimited booze. Like, why aren't you more chill? I didn't understand. Why the stick up your ass? Oh, and I went to even when I went to college, I couldn't believe how like uptight people were at college. Yeah, like I didn't get that, and I think it's just because they went to weird high schools, especially the boarding school kids. They were really fucking weird. Mm. Those kids were really. Uh, those kids are. I've never known a boarding school kid. Really, they were boarding school kids, and, they, and it was like, and people were so. This is East Coast. People were so political, like so angry, politically angry at shit. I'm like, why are you spending your hours, all the hours of the day, like protesting and marching and upset about shit when you could just drink beer and watch two ball game and yeah. pretend you're and go to class and pick classes that only take place in the afternoon, <laughs> so you yeah. can sleep till eleven in the morning. I mean, I was doing a lot of stand up. I was pretty busy, but outside of that, it, but it was, was shit you want. It was fun shit you wanted to do for sure. And and then it was just drinking and and trying to get blowjobs, but. It was like the most stress-free time of my life. Yeah. I had nothing to worry about. Yeah. I think college kids were always twits. I mean, looking back on it, everyone was an asshole of some sort, but not like in-your-face asshole. They just like fucking thought they were all like going to invent the next philosophy that would change the, change, the world, change the world. Yeah. They may have been doing drugs for the first time. That may have been it. But this guy was like actually an Asian, and this guy's actually an Asian-American, you know, someone they're honoring at the Asian-American club, and they fucking kick him off. That just I, I I would never I'm so so against college at this point, <laughs> you know they tell you got to get college fund for your kids when they when they're born and stuff like that and college is everything and now like seventy percent of people in the country now get college degrees it used to be like twenty percent just forty years ago, but it just seems like unless it's a technical field like you know computer programming or sciences or healthcare or doctoring or something like that it seems like such a fucking waste. Well, I've never used my degree. I <laughs> no. I never planned on it. I could also just tell people that I graduated. Yes. And I, if I had or not, or that I went to any number of schools, which I didn't go to. Well, you're learning about, I don't know if you took art classes. I took art classes in college and they were, they were fun, you know, art history and stuff like that. It was a fun, like I enjoyed the classes, but they had no relevance whatsoever to the, any sort of valid pursuit you'll have in your life. Other than the fact that I can like, Name different church architectures. Name different church architecture. Yeah, I mean it's enjoyable if you can if you can get away with it, and then like you said, 
drink at night. Well, for, <laughs> yeah, for me it was four years. Our classes. I think my dad forged some paperwork, yes. and uh, so I got in-state tuition. So all in all, it was probably like twelve grand. Yes. Um, oh, yes. For yes. Four years isn't that bad. Well, no, it's gr- the uh, the the kids at UCLA, the smartest kids, the Asian kids who are the smartest kids, they go to uh, JUCO for two years. They go to the community college, which now is like super funded in California. So it's about a thousand bucks a year for a full year of college at junior college. They do that for two years at, while living at home. And then they transfer to UCLA or one of the UC schools for two more years in state, which is another like eight grand a year. And they live at home and they commute to school and they come out with like a computer science degree for like 18 grand. Yeah. And they get hired for 70 grand <laughs> their first job. And they have no room and board to pay for and the whole thing. And they don't take any loans out. And it's a fucking, that's genius. That's the way to that's do college. That's what Asians do. Yeah. White, <laughs> white kids drop out, don't yes. tell their parents. Take seven years. hammering the checks. Take seven years to finish <laughs> and study liberal arts degrees. But now I think the, the stigma is you have to, you know, now that 70% of people have a college degree, used to be like I had a college degree like 40 years ago. Wow, you know, you should you get a job in professional class or whatever. Now, like everyone gets a college degree. Mm-hmm. So I think the employers have now figured out like it doesn't mean anything anymore. So you're right. You can either lie about it or just say you don't have it. But, you know, I don't think. People well, it means anymore. you can at least stick through it. I mean, because I was irritated. Like I still have nightmares about about not signing up for the right amount of classes yes, and, I have the same, and I have not graduating by yes. one credit because there's some class I forgot to go to or something like that. And it's, you know, it was a huge pain in the ass, but I don't know. I was also under pressure. Like, I think it meant a lot to my family that, that you graduate. That I graduate. Yes. I, d- I don't know why. Yeah. The dropout thing I don't quite understand, like in the fourth year dropouts, like <laughs> if you're a dropout, dropout in the first semester. You don't drop out after three and a half years, three and a half years. There will be these people who don't finish. I never quite, I never quite understood that. That was the worst. But I think it's, it, it's a huge, outside of the technical areas where like you're going to get a job for sure, it's a huge fucking waste of money. Um, and then you have to go through this shit where like, you know, your kid's going to go like, yeah, I went to go see uh, Nimish Patel last night performing school and they cut off his microphone and said it was too homophobic triggering. And so I right. can see him like, like, what the fuck am I paying why for? Am I paying for why am I paying for this? <laughs> All right, Matt, let me ask you about uh, another Jewish person. You can make more Jew jokes. Natalie Portman. Uh, I actually, even as you, don't like Natalie Portman. I liked her when she was 12 in The Professional. That was my only movie I ever liked her in. Sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> she was. Speaking of overly sexualized at 12. Uh, yeah, that's, that is a, a very uncomfortable movie to watch, you know, realizing she's 12 and she looks 12. Yes, and, and she plays like a sort of a future she's sort of a future sexualized prostitute you never even see 12 year old girls in movies they're either young kids or they're adults it's not quite as bad as jodie foster and taxi driver at 14 actually being a prostitute she was 14 in that yeah and uh yeah and um but uh uh you know in, in in the professional which is a really good i love that movie by the way i love any movie where gary oldman gets to chew on his lines Literally, it just gets to overact, and yeah. I just love him because uh, he's like one of the few guys who overacts, and I kind of like he and like Christopher Walken and a couple others where I actually like when they overact because mm-hmm. it's just like it's okay because they're just so good at it. They just fucking chew on these fucking lines. Al Pacino like, kind of. Al Pacino, yeah, they have their th- their shtick, whatever it is, and it's just kind of fun to watch. Uh, but here's the thing: so Natalie Portman's one of these like uh, uh, the women. The women's have all women have all pretended to coalesce in Holly in the entertainment industry. 
the Time's Up and Me Too and after Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> By the way, did you see the Harvey Weinstein emails? He's no. Leaked emails. He's trying to... I don't understand how this his, what his plan is, but he's trying to rehabilitate his image. Mm-hmm. He's reaching out to old friends and people in Hollywood trying to rehabilitate his image. It's just not going to work. No. I, I think he is going to get off on all, almost all the criminal charges. Um, I don't think he's going to spend... He's not going to be accepted. No, but he's not going back to the fucking... Uh, the, the, the humanitarian lunches. What and are stuff the like emails? That. Like, what is he doing? He's just talking about how, like, he was, like, you know, all his good works and how he wasn't really. And by the way, I believe a lot of what he's saying. He's still an asshole, but he is. He was kind of. He wasn't doing any more than loose, less Moonves was doing and all these other guys were doing. He was casting couching. He was casting couch women into having sex. Now, there were some sexual assault allegations against him, but they all seem to be kind of slowly falling by the wayside. Yeah. Um, so from Rose McGowan on, they all, I mean, the actual four or five legitimate charges against him seem to be things he's going to get out, he's going to get out of legally. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do any time. No, probably not. I mean, unless it's just a vindictive jury somewhere, but he'll, he'll have to plead to something just to get out of some of the shit. But I think he's basically saying, like, I didn't force myself on anybody. I'm no different than all the studio, studio, all these other bosses, stuff like that. I do all this good stuff. I'm a flawed guy, but like, I'm not this, I'm not a rapist, basically. Um, I mean, it's funny. I was looking back at Les Moonves' thing, and the one thing all these guys have in common is they want a lot of fucking humanitarian awards. Mm. <laughs> like, they want a lot of industry and charity industry awards for being the best dude ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, they were doing like all sorts of the stuff. The the Les Moonves story from Hollywood, where he had the agent who was like talking to the girl that he basically forced to give him a blowjob in the office to get work, mm-hmm. was just a great was a great <laughs> was a great story um, because it just shows how. All these guys, all these top guys in Hollywood were doing this. You know, I mean, that's what they, why you become a top guy in Hollywood. Not 100%, but like the priests in the, in the Catholic Church. It's an opportunity to basically have women who you would never be in the right class of give you hummers and give you hummers at your office in exchange for token, jo- token jobs and movies, which are a nothing to you. Yeah, I think, yeah, you probably are kind of a pussyhound if you get in the movie. I feel like, you know, otherwise you might gravitate towards petroleum or, any, or something. Or any rich guy, like fucking the Tesla Tesla dude, you know, dating like Amber Heard and stuff like that. Right. These guys, if they were fucking selling shoes at Macy's, would not be getting these girls. So, of course, they're, of course they're in it for the, you know, for the money and for the women. Um, but Natalie Portman's one of these Me Too, you know, Me Too times up women, women supporting women. Every time she's in a movie, it's about how it's empowering the women. Also, for other shit, they have to. Every actress now has to talk about how like the movie is really feminist and really empowering to women. If they're in the she's movie. been on that shit for a while, though, to her credit. Like, yeah, she's not a, a Johnny Come Lately. On no, this. she's a former Harvard grad. She's been a feminist for a long time, but so now she was talking about. She's in this movie now where she plays. It's called Vox Lux, I think, where she plays. And she, I think, she was nominated in the Gold Globes. Uh, where she plays like a former, a sexualized teenage pop star who is now in her 30s and struggling with all sorts of shit. And I'm sure, of course, it has, I'm sure it has messages about the sexualization of women. Sounds like a real... Uh, Horrible movie? Popcorn. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, sounds like a great time. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like to me like a Golden Globe and Oscar nom. Um, definitely an Oscar. <laughs> um, but so she came out and talked about how, like, here's a quote um, about Jessica Simpson. I remember being a teenager, and there was Jessica Simpson on the cover of a magazine saying, I'm a virgin while wearing a bikini, and I was confused. Like, I don't know what this is trying to tell me as a woman, as a girl. 
Natalie Portman was in a movie called Closer where she plays a stripper. And yes. in one of the scenes, you can see her butthole. Uh, well, I don't understand. I will. I will say there's a difference between mighty stance on this. Well, there's a difference, I think, between playing a legitimate dramatic role where you're a pro, like Jodie Foster, you're a prost- playing a prostitute or a stripper like that in a legitimate drama versus just being a, a Ariana Grande or, you know, Selena Gomez or Jessica Simpson back in the late 90s where you're just showing off your tits in magazines. I to sell music. But why is she so uptight? I thought she was like this whole liberation type of woman. Well, that's the thing. I think this what this tells me is so she wrote this thing about Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson, who seems to be the sweetest person in the entire world, heavy, heavy, heavy drinker, heavy, heavy woman. She Who's drinks a, a lot? Yeah. Uh, well, when she goes out, she gets loaded. So she married the guy who was like a tight end for, for the 49ers for like one year. And they both seem to enjoy the getting their drink on. And she makes so much money off her fucking like costume jewelry and handbags on QVC and stuff. And she's in Target. She's made like her brand has made like a billion and a half dollars. Hmm. She doesn't get all that, but she's made herself a ton of money. She's like one of those Kathy Ireland's now. I mean, she's especially in her younger years. She was smoking hot. Yeah, big blonde hair, big tits. I mean, just like a like a ten, and then she gained some weight and lost it. I she think. had kids. She needed a lot of weight, but she, now she just makes shit a lot of money from Weight Watchers. She's turned herself into like this female middle America brand, you know, brand name. She was um, with the, that reality show with Nick Lachey. Yes. So I saw her do an interview because the most famous scene from that show, I believe, the chicken eating. Uh, yeah, she's eating a can of tuna. Yeah, tuna. And she keeps saying. I know it's tuna, but is it fish or chicken? Oh, chicken of the sea, because chicken of the sea. And he's like, it's tuna. And she's like, yeah, I know it's tuna, but is it a chicken? Like, I guess she didn't know a tuna was a fish. Well, on the the can it says, uh, what is it, Starkiss? It says chicken of the sea. Chicken of the sea. So she thought it was chicken of the And again, I don't know how much she's playing dumb or how dumb she actually was. (laughs) I mean, and she still could be playing dumb, but she said in an interview, she's like, yeah, Nick thought I was just playing it up for the camera. Yeah. But I really didn't know what tuna was. She was the perfect like uh, pop star of that time, and I guess today hasn't changed that much. She's not that much different than Ariana Grande, but uh, you know she had big boobs, and she was also a, ca- a Christian girl. Yeah. So she was her dad was well, her dad was still a straight laced priest at the <laughs> minister at the time before he started wearing leather jeans and uh, leather pants and coming out to Hollywood and banging all the all the red yeah, boys. Her dad is a creep. <laughs> yes, Any <he> adult. <laughs> guy that age that that frosts his hair yeah. is a serious red flag i remember back in the day i've seen him and he was always he was started wearing those black tight trousers leather trousers mm. and i thought yeah something's up with this this minister uh but uh but she was perfect for that age she was bubbly she was blonde and she also gave the christian message which is that she was a virgin but somehow natalie portman had to make fun of her and and, and uh, jessica Simpson came out and basically said on on social media I don't see how you can be a leader of the women's empowerment movie and saying women should support women when basically you're just making fun of me for shit I did. First of all, I was 17 and I wasn't really, I wasn't making these decisions. But second of all, like, so what? So what if I'm wearing a, if I'm wearing a bikini? Uh, and then Natalie Portman had to apologize, later on apologize. But Matt, what this shows me is that the women's movement is, is always based on bullshit. There can never be a united women's movement because women essentially are fucking catty and gossipy and snipe at each other. Yeah. And there's an inherent, just like guys are ambitious and aggressive and, you know, uh, overtly make overt peacock shows to women to try to get laid, women instinctively will tear each other down, whether it be directly or indirectly, to be the, the best chick, the best available chick in the clan. 
they just have an instinctive nature of being catty with each other and trying to tear each other down um, in ways that guys don't do. I mean, guys will beat each other up. You know, they'll play fucking football and beat the crap out of each other, but then they go get beers and they support each other. Right. Women just don't do, they talk about that a lot, but they, they can't <laughs> stop this instinct of saying like, oh, Jessica Simpson was blonde, had big tits, therefore I'm going to make, I'm just going to rip on her. Yeah. Well, Natalie Portman, if you look at her face, you can tell she thinks she's better than everyone. Yes. Um, and she is smarter than everybody. Yeah, she is smart. <laughs> so it's not a very fair, arg- you know, uh, it's not an even matchup if the two of them are going to start throwing down words against each other. No. But, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if there's also, because she's like super Jewish, right? Natalie Portman? Yeah. Yes. So is there like an element of the modesty? Like, isn't there a thing with Jewish women kind of yeah, covering I, up their bodies more? I think, yeah, I mean, look, Jessica Simpson's not on the same she was Daisy Daisy Duke in the Dukes of Hazard movie. That's they're not the great. same. They're not on the same theatrical skill <laughs> skill level. But I don't think she's jealous of her success. I think she's just like. So here's the thing. So women are very like one thing a guy will never say is like, oh geez, you're showing too much skin. <laughs> like I remember Jessica Simpson wore that bikini. I was so offended. Like, yeah. like how, got her. T- she was showing off her tits to get ahead of the business. The guys don't talk about stuff like that. They love it, but they don't talk about it in a negative way. But women can't help but be judgmental of other women. And that's why I think this whole... I, I'm really convinced that the word patriarchy was invented by feminists just to cover for the fact that it's really women who are tearing other women down. Yeah. But you can pretend it's men. Um, yeah, certainly the Harvey Weinsteins of the world who will force themselves sexually on women. But in terms of actually like degrading women, going behind their backs, talking shit about them, trying to destroy their reputations, making things harder for them in the workplace, it's Almost, in my experience, almost always other women doing that. Yeah, and with uh, Natalie Portman, it's like, <laughs> you know, to to your average person, she has so much in common with Jessica Simpson. Like, they're not very much different. They have some some differences, but they're fairly minor. You know, they're both yes. well-off actresses who, who, you know, grew up pretty well and, and whatnot. And, um but you know, yeah, you neither, like, neither of them have have had struggled so much in their lives. No, but you'll always have that. It's you know the porn. If a chick's in porn and and the one girl's doing um, gangbang scenes and yeah. she's only doing <laughs> yeah. you know bukkake scenes, yes. she's gonna look down on the other girl. Yeah, they do you that. Know? And you're gonna look down on women at work hate each other. They, <laughs> it is like I compare it to men in sports. Like even pickup game, basketball games, stuff like that. Every guy in sports, from the time you're like a little kid in elementary school, is sizing up the other guy. Like, can I tackle that guy? Is that guy a better player than me? You know, I want to, I want to strike that guy out. I want to hit a home run off that guy. It's a very guys are very competitive in the sport, in the athletics, in the physical domination. Like, who's more physically dominant? And that's why little guys always end up being so fucking maniacally evil, <laughs> <laughs> or join or join uh, heavy metal bands, right? Because. Uh, they just can't compete in the physical stature. And guys are really size each other. They size each other up by their size, literally by their size. And women do it by like the sort of like reputation, sort of how classy you are and other things like that. And they really rip on each other. And that's why I think they can never actually unify because even these women, like you said, like Natalie Portman and Jessica Simpson have a very similar background from if you're a Hispanic field worker in the Iowa you probably see them as the same person. You probably see them as the same person. Yeah. But even they have to snipe at each other and judge each other negatively and harshly because that's just, you know, it's not even a cliche. That's just their nature to do that. 
to like really say like I'm a better woman than she is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like And it's a pretty insane because it's not even like Jessica Simpson, you know, if maybe if she had like a raunchy sex tape or something like yes. she wasn't really even doing anything no outside of the norm and she was was being managed by her she wasn't she making was those decisions teenager. she wasn't making decisions at 17 or 18 to show off her tits yeah, that was her dad's weird weird decision but of all the people to she made a lot of money by criticize her. like i i would think there's a, a long list in front of jessica simpson i think these uh uh what every actress does now which is so fucking annoying which is when they're in a movie now they have to when they at, get asked questions they have to discuss the pathology of the role they're in and how it means what it means to them as a woman and feminism and things like that. They have like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel has to discuss the whole fucking history of women and, and superheroes and women lead roles and women saving people in movies and the whole thing about how it's been a whole male dominated thing. They have to go through this whole tortured backstory yeah. to explain why they're making a non-serious movie. <laughs> Especially when it's like a popcorn movie. <laughs> right. They have to explain how it's really actually important. This is actually important what I'm doing. Because once you set yourself up to be an important person who thinks important things and is, supports important causes, you can't just make an Avengers movie without explaining why it's actually uh, 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 opening the doors to other women or how it's like an empowering film. It's such bullshit. I hate that stuff. Just you're taking a fucking paycheck. Just take your paycheck. No one gives a shit. Yeah. And I also think with Portman... Because I've dated a lot of uh, brunette type of chicks. Oh. And uh, they all seem to have an axe to grind with the bubbly blonde. You know, that's that's kind of the biggest target of yes. of women is the, especially one who's kind of stupid. Oh, yeah. That co- uh, um, Suzanne Summers from The Three's Company mm. always talks about that, like how poorly she was treated by other women in Hollywood. I've noticed it to be true. that They'll all, you know, Latin girls are just, you know, just brunette type girls they, they'll they always have a comment about the blonde chick like yes. like there's uh, i don't know if it's jealousy but i think they're jealous maybe those those girls got more attention or that they're whiter you think more maybe com- i don't know you're, yeah i think you're right i think it's a i think it's they assume like the pam anderson's are what guys want yeah and and it's seen as like okay the guys want and it's wrong because they're this fake blonde bubbly big-titted woman therefore the guys want. Stri- i mean somehow women always think guys want strippers yeah. <laughs> like women, women are convinced that their man always is going to be super attracted to a stripper, an obvious stripper, where the guys might like put a few dollars in her in her garter and seeing her tits, but they have no intention of like making a serious relationship or any kind of relationship beyond like an hour with the with the stripper. But women always like I think live in fear of their men leaving them for like a stripper type, which I guess some guys do, but I don't know any guys. Well, dumb do. guys, I knew a couple guys like this. They'll see the blonde hair yes. across the mall or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck. And it's like, the chick may or may not be attractive. No, or it could be a dude. <laughs> it could be a dude. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I think we've all done that a few times. <laughs> that could be a dude. There's that funny, uh, like, uh, was it oh, God, one of those beer commercials or something like that? I forget what it is, like, about being a poser. But there's that guy in the, in the, uh, like the uh, uh, Renaissance times, I think it is, and he goes over, he sees a blonde-haired woman, and he... Go, he's like the coolest dude at the party, trying to be the coolest dude at the event. And he sees, a, it's like Elizabethan era. He sees this blonde-haired woman behind, and he gets up really close to her, and like he brings a drink over to her, and it turns around, it's a poodle. Mm. <laughs> and the whole room starts laughing at him. That's <laughs> just like, you're right, there are men who are instinctively attracted to like big blonde hair. And if you're a dude with the, with the blonde kind of chick hair, like, you know, the Axl Rose. Yes. So it's one thing when 
you're, you're five six, by the way. It's kind of embarrassing when you're like checking out the chick and then you realize it's a dude, but it must happen all the time if you're that guy yeah and like is it worth it <laughs> like you must get kind of sick of it don't you think uh, i think they do then they get really if they're homophobic they get really angry and stuff like that <laughs> like just stop it Matt, speaking of, uh, I, this can't even be homophobic. This is a gender bending story on your part. It turns out you and Rain Dove have become very close. <laughs> so Rain Dove is the, uh, I don't know what the term is, androgynous, gender fluid, model, gender, gender queer, maybe, gender not assigned. So the whole thing about Rain Dove, uh, Rain Dove we only know about because she played a part in the Rose McGowan, uh, Asia Argento story. I think Rain Dove was the one who got the text from the underage male uh, who had sex with Asia Argento, the actor boy that she had sex with and sort of faded away <laughs> after that. And Rain Dove got the emails or texts from that boy proving that he had sex with Asia Argento when he was younger. Yeah, I think Rain Dove was trying to cover her own ass, basically, because she was, she was seeing uh, McGowan and Argento sort of um, conspiring on this thing and, <laughs> and realizing, like, maybe some laws are being broken here. <laughs> yes. Um, Maybe as a head of the Me Too movement, you shouldn't be having statutorily raping young actor boys. Yeah, so she, I guess, leaked the messages or something. It leaked the text, and Rose, Rose McGowan says she's dating Rain Dove, and I didn't know what Rain Dove's birth gender was or actual gender, but it turns out it was kind of disappointing because it's just a chick who was born a chick with a vagina and still has a vagina and tits, but is androgynous and kind of looks like a dude at times. Yeah, it's just a chick that kind of... Looks manly by nature and goes out of her way to make that a thing. Yeah, although I don't know that there's actually that's a job. <laughs> 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 but I think so. So we talked about this, uh, uh, I think, a week or two ago on the show that Rain Dove claims that she's dressed, I guess, androgynous male leaning in terms of looking, went into a women's room and somewhere in the bathroom and a woman maced her because yeah. I don't know why I thought. I thought at the time of the story that Rain Dove was a dude posing as a woman and had a dick pulled out in the women's room and was taking a leak or something, and she maced her. But I guess the story she maced her just because she was dressed or appeared to be a she, man. Yeah, she just mistook her for being a man, according to the story. According which to the story, may or may not be true. And so you started to investigate the story because you like to uh, deeply investigate stories of like F-list celebrities <laughs> going amok. <laughs> Remember that fat woman in Minnesota, the woman who ate the chickens. Who was that obese, like obese uh, model, plus size model you were fighting oh, with? Oh, who was that? I don't know. And then there was a... Uh, Ate the chickens. Yeah. No, she was eating like five chickens a day or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember the story. But somehow you get you get in fights with like troubled, trouble, really troubled sort of D-list celebrities. Well, D-list celebrities are, you know, ins uh, what do you call them? Social media personalities. Yes. These are the people that make up stories. And you yes. hear a story about, um, you know, uh, uh, Nick Young was harassing me and my mom. And, right. And you go, no, it doesn't sound true. <laughs> Sounds like a fake story. And uh, that's the impression I got with this story, which is, you know, Rain Dove it needs material. And it's like, oh, so this activist person, it just so happens that they're the one who <laughs> this happens nice. to. Uh, like, what are the odds, really? Just well, like I'm with you, because I always have that theory that the ones who are thrown off airplanes are always like, like the Arab-American guy who gets thrown off the airplane is happens to be an Arab-American activist 
who runs a blog full time about Arab, uh, you know, right, yeah. discrimination against Arab Americans. So he's yelling on the plane, or like a, bl- a black woman who gets denied access at Walmart to something or other happens to be a black activist blogger, right. stuff like that. Uh, but in the course of the Rain Dove uh, uncovering this, it turns out you uh, built a strong social relationship with the Rain Dove. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I she turned she turned she turned you. No, I mean I still have to investigate what she's saying because if it was just I got maced in the bathroom because a crazy woman thought I was a guy, so it was somewhat believable. I wouldn't say I really because eh, well, she doesn't look like that much of a guy. I know, but I'm just saying benefit of the doubt. I yes. can see it happening. So then she, according to Randa, this this woman then who thought she was a guy and pepper sprayed her somehow found out who she is. Yes. Which would be difficult to do. Yes. She's not that famous. And then um, messaged her on Instagram. So Rain Dove's releasing these threads of text uh, messages between them. But it's, uh, you know, she's blurred out the woman's name. So all it would take to do this is you typing messages to yourself or having a friend do it. Yeah. And the messages are all like very heavy handed, like, uh, you know, like, wow, I guess I was really wrong about that. And, uh, I've now come to accept, (laughs) uh, that, you know, you should use whatever, but there was no point to it really. No, No, but it made you very angry. And so you went to it, you, you started contacting rain dove and you saw, and you think you thought you were picking a fight. Yeah, and Rain Dove was like, "Well, let's let's go have a drink." You picked the friendship. Well, I still <laughs> have to. I got to be honest because I've been busy and, uh, you know, depressed and shit. But I haven't I haven't verified or not. She had a very convenient explanation yes. for all. Of this. Well, first of all, do you know you're speaking to Rain Do- the actual Rain Dove, the androgynous model? Well, it's yeah. You're not being catfished by. So I don't know that catfisher would pose as like a sort of uh, androgynous, <laughs> androgynous model, but is it possible you're being catfished by someone pretending to be Rain Dove? Well, it's the Rain Dove's Instagram account. Verified account? Yeah. Okay. So when people are like, well, how do you, what about menswear? How do you feel when you wear menswear? And I'm like, well, when I put menswear on my body, my tits don't fall off. So therefore, it becomes women's wear the minute I wear it. It becomes my wear. And for me, I was trying to say something pretty empowering, which is like, Clothing doesn't have gender. I don't think she has a whole lot to do. I don't even know what her job <laughs> no. is. I don't know if she's actually dating Rose McGowan. No. I don't know anything. It's like it's like uh, uh, when the plus size models talk about how busy they are. I'm like, no, you're <laughs> not that. Just not that busy, right? Unless you're that one who's working for SI. You're not that. You're not that busy. Well, she's got enough time to, you know, shoot the shit with me on Instagram for an hour at which yes. point i'm like i'm kind of busy i gotta like wrap up this uh conversation and she doesn't have a social media assistant oh, so i doubt it <laughs> no so it's just you you're talking to her so you here's a here's a thrust of the story is you went to pick a fight with her to prove that she was a bullshit artist making up stuff on, on just to give her some righteous bona fides online about how she got mace who's really in the action as a gender fluid whatever the fuck she would call herself uh person activist and you called bullshit on it, but you end up instead of picking a fight, you you made what could be a future date. <laughs> well, my friend said, you know, maybe she's super hot in person. Uh, and I, I don't know, but you know, I. Uh, <laughs> How many super hot women pretend to be men? Her shtick is that she's accepting and she she's very civil and level headed. So in this story of being maced, she's like. Well, you know, you were wrong to do that, but I'm going to take the high road. 
And so I'm calling her a liar, yes. and she's doing the same thing with me. It's like killing with kindness. Yes, and it's working. Um, well, I don't know if it is. Like I said, I still have to check into all these claims that she's making because you're gonna play mini you're gonna play mini golf with her <laughs> well i went on twitter and everyone's like yeah she also lied about this and this and this so i go did you lie about being a firefighter and graduating from berkeley and you know her explanations all made sense but what like, would you say is the general honesty uh honesty uh rate among androgynous gender fluid uh out of work models uh close to close to porn star uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of transsexuals have character issues. Yes. Um, you wouldn't, wouldn't want to maybe leave them alone in your house for the day no, with tra- valuables around. Tra- traveled, traveled, uh, back, traveled backgrounds and, and larcenists, larcenists by nature. But I don't know. I mean, she comes off as relatively normal, but the, anyone that's dating Rose McGowan, I mean... Could you imagine hanging out with Rose McGowan? No, I could not. Because uh, Rainy Dove at least sounds superficially pleasant. Yeah. Uh, Rose McGowan is superficially the least pleasant person you've ever, <laughs> ever met. She was actually, she had the book signing where she yelled at a tranny woman who came to her book signing because the woman claimed that she, Rose McGowan wasn't, you know, had done, been, you know, been quiet for 15 or 20 years about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And then she started screaming at the, at the tranny woman and calling her tranny names. Oh, she's kind of interesting. out of her fucking mind. Yes. I mean, she's shaved her head. She's she got caught with uh, cocaine on the airplane, which yes. like, hey, how much cocaine are you doing that you're bringing it on the airplane? Yes. And and even if you're doing a lot of it, that's like the one couple things you can't bring on the airplane along with a gun. She's gone full um, nuts, which is why, by the way, when I see Rose McGowan tweet something and then like, I don't know, 500, 800 women go like. Rose, you're so special and smart, and I follow you to the end of the earth or whatever. I go like, really? Like, <laughs> really? Like, I mean, what do you what are you base what are you basing that off of? Like, what are what are her good judgments? What are what are the things she's done that like? I know she was charmed, but what are the things uh, she's done that you're really proud of or admire about her? She was hot and scream. But she was hot. She <laughs> she slept with a director. She got in the movies. Oh uh, yeah, she fucked Robert Rodriguez for a while. Yeah, and he fucking imploded his career while he was you know he left his wife and kids for. Well, yeah, I saw them. Kids, at, I, I suppose, went to the uh, Planet Terror uh, premiere in Hollywood, and they were there. They were there, and I saw them afterwards. She was smoking hot, and uh, he was seemed to be very happy with her. I think she was fondling his privates as they were like walking around and outside the, the man's Chinese theater, and uh, they seemed to have a nice relationship going well, on. Well, he had a. a huge career going for himself after machete and whatnot yes. and then he became preoccupied and uh, obsessed with finding a vehicle for rose mcgowan yes. to to star in a movie and for whatever reason it just never happened and uh you know it's interesting she also played a bitch in almost every movie she was cast in yeah and uh oh, it's my favorite story about her is uh she <laughs> it's kind of sad but she said that her agent, who's a, f- a woman, told her to stop talking in meetings <laughs> because um, men were intimidated by how smart she was. Yeah. She, uh, uh, Which is a nice way to sugarcoat being like, you're dumb, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And she, I don't know. She is smart. I noticed that she, she left, as far as I remember, she left high school freshman year. She made it through like year 13, 13 years old of school and dropped out. Um, she had a very, and there was not a lot of, primary education she had so unless she's like a naturally brilliant person probably not probably not a lot there but but uh speak by the way don't speak ill of rose mcgowan because she could be your new like <laughs> body when you start 
you start hanging out with Rain Dove, um, who is dating Rose McGowan, you'll be spending a lot of time with Rose. Well, if it wasn't for the uh, marked sort of psychosis, I wouldn't mind dating Rose McGowan. Right. But uh, I don't think you want to date her. You know, this is see a lot of chicks. You uh, you realize they're crazy after a week or two or a couple of dates. In this case, you, you know, know that she's crazy before you even get involved. So, you know, that's an easy just get out of jail free card. Just and I apparently don't she go down that road. You know, if she's dating a woman, gender fluid woman like Rain Dove, she's probably not in the cock so much anymore. Well, lesbians. I don't know if I've told you this. I am uh, in the lesbian community. Yeah. Uh, the lesbians love me. Yeah. I never met a lesbian that didn't have it. I think it's because of the your uh, radically close appearance to a butch type. <laughs> 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 you look kind of like a butch, like a butch uh, volleyball player. Yeah, that might be it. I don't know. You could probably pass, try to pass the lady and get some go on lesbian sex. I mean, I also don't. <laughs> Well, it's not a bad I idea. can't imagine having sex actually like you know enjoyable sex with a gender fluid activist of any kind that doesn't seem like the kind of like fun afternoon trapped in the room having sex kind of thing it no, seems like a lot of t- seems like a lot of tortured explanations and crying and having to hear backstories and da- things daddy did to you and baggage just baggage stories yeah well every now and then a porn star shaves her head Yes, and you know they're they're usually pretty hot, so they can get away with it. And there, but there's something, something kind of cool about it, really. But also kind of just makes me not feel right. I feel like it's kind of thing where you have sex, and then you find an hour later you wake up and you find her crying in the cor- curled in a ball in the corner, crying. <laughs> yeah, I would <laughs> imagine <laughs> there's a lot of that, like cutting herself, like in the corner. <laughs> You're like, oh, like yeah. I'm not sure that was worth. I'm not sure that was worth it. I gotta go. Gotta go now. Yeah. Some ban- here's some band-aids i gotta i gotta go i mean i'll bring any chick home to thanksgiving I, oh man but you know if she's bald I, I just i don't really want the heat from from no. the fam you know i mean yeah. i remember taking this russian girl uh my mom was in town so I, I think we just met and had dinner with her and the chick's like yeah we met on myspace and everyone was just looking at me like you're gross like it was a really <laughs> big mistake on yeah. my part well sometimes the parents are like they want to meet like the girl you're seeing, but they don't realize it's just some crazy whack chick you're having sex with. And you're like, well, that's how it came off. Yes. I'm, this is just a chick I'm fucking yes. who's wearing like Daisy Dukes and a halter top. <laughs> you don't want to bring her to dinner. Damn it. You don't bring her to dinner to her parents because they're just going to fucking judge her and, Why and not, I, like, not like her. Why didn't I just make up an excuse? I don't know. All right. So will you keep us abreast of how the Rain Dove uh, situation goes? I can see you two being a couple. Oh, I'm not opposed to meeting up with her and, you know. She would take all your clothes. Yeah, I don't she know how tall she is. She borrowed your clothes. That, that could every be a deal breaker. F- every photo I see of her is like some weird gender bending, like modeling photo, and I just don't think those are commercially viable. I think those are just shit she's taking with probably other like sexually fluid photographers who just take photos of her. I don't see them in campaigns. I don't see them much being in campaigns. Although there is a, you know, there is a trans transgender modeling agency in L.A. It's supposedly doing gangbusters. Because everybody's looking for transgender models now. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. I looked at their, uh, but she's not even tra- she's not transgender. Their roster and uh, not. I mean, they look like trans. Did I send you all their photos and ask you who you'd have sex with? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> yes, that's, there, that's normal. There were a few. I mean, from ten feet away or more, there'd be no way you would know that those those were those were dudes. <laughs> I mean, they all outside of right up close and the hands. If you can't see the hands, 
you wouldn't really know it all. I'm just fucking shaving the. Did eye. you see the Dwight Howard trans no. trans person? No. You know Dwight Howard's. I guess he's really into trans women. Um, he was he was uh he was trapped. He had his preacher. I'm surprised you haven't uh, seen this story. Yeah, he's he's outed as fully, and then he had his pastor like threaten. Um, because I guess that you know he he's in the NBA. He doesn't want to be known as a guy that's. Uh, He'll be called a homo. It's not that far off. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, the name they would use for somebody who's <laughs> hangs with transgender. Yeah, but uh, Eddie Murphy, by the way, who did uh, now had just had his tenth child. How about that? <laughs> you could do two of these. You could do two things at the same time, Matt. All right, Matt. We got an email from uh, Irene. I take it back. It's from Irene. <laughs> Uh, about Kareem Hunt, uh, he's the latest uh, NFL player in the endless string of NFL players who seem to beat women. Um, they beat men too, but uh, actually, they're not. You, you can't really hit guys on the on the field anymore as hard as you used to. No helmet to helmet. R- anytime you go within five feet of Tom Brady, it's a roughing the passer. Um, all sorts of rules have taken a lot of the violence out of the sport. So I just think the guys are just beating their women a lot harder when they, a lot harder when they get home. <laughs> Like they're going, I can't go helmet to helmet on the field anymore. But at home, I can still go helmet to helmet. So here's a head, here's a headbutt, bitch. Like it's a step back. Yeah, and uh, you're so strong too. Like crazy strong. Your average guy can probably beat up your average woman, but yes. I could see you know being a run for your money at some point. I mean, this is just a dude who's what six foot tall. You know, two hundred eighty pounds. Yeah, and so in the top one percent of the strength category. Uh, and also trained to be vi- trained to be violent. Your job is to hurt other people. Yeah, I mean they're from violent backgrounds. Usually, the sport is violent. They're taught to kill the other guy, and they they all have CTE for the most part. Yeah, which makes you act impulsively and violently, and of- often steroids as well. So it's a lot of go- a lot going on. A lot, <laughs> a lot against you there. Yeah, you don't necessarily outside of the fact they have multi million dollar contracts. Maybe not the best guy to date. Uh, but Kareem Hunt is the latest guy from the Kansas City Chiefs who were one of the best teams in the NFL this year. And uh, he was having a great year. But it turned out uh, TMZ sat on a video, I guess, because it was a weird story because they investigated like the NFL investigated back in February when the incident occurred. This, by the way, is a guy who lives in a hotel in, Cle- in Cleveland. <laughs> that is <laughs> the most interesting part of the story yes. for me. Yes. Like it's not exactly like uh, uh what's his name the billionaire Howard Hughes who lived in a in a, like at the Riviera in <laughs> Vegas like in the, in the penthouse. This is like living you've chosen to live in a hotel in Cleveland. Why in is Cleveland. he still living in Cleveland though? Why doesn't he just live in Kansas City? Uh I don't know maybe they have nicer hotels in Cleveland. How far is Cleveland from Kansas City? It's got to be uh, probably 8 a, hours. Yeah, oh, a flight Drive. probably a 2 and a half hour flight. Yeah. It could be no long I would think longer than that. Too long to drive uh, regularly. But, yeah, I mean, it's weird that you would stay in. It's just weird to be in Cleveland. The guys that do the beating tend to be better players, I feel like. It uh, it seems like a lot of the guys that have got suspended for that um, are – are, are above average like Kareem Hunt's you know he was like a having a, a, a pro bowler yeah having a strong season on the best team in, best team in the NFL and I think it's I think it's I it's the ambition thing in guys I think it's like the reason why Harvey Weinstein's get to the top is like the assholes get to the top of the profession is because you gotta be you have to have that super extra step of like assholeness or viciousness or ambitiousness to really achieve at the highest level yeah there's probably a lot of guys that are as 
big and fast as Kareem Hunt. Yes, but are not um, willing you know, to play killing like, it like him. Yeah, or willing to play with a broken arm, or <laughs> willing to take uh, endure like the pain of having like four three hundred pound guys sit on top of you every ten seconds. I thought his name at first. I thought his name was Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I don't yes, know. <laughs> yes. Yes. The worst, the most obvious uh, female porn star name ever, Cream Cunt. Cream Cunt. <laughs> yes. He's heard that before, I'm sure. Uh, well, I'm sure he hasn't heard it a lot, given how big and violent he is. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say it to his face. He's got the dre- he's got the dreads. He's got the whole thing going on where you just don't want to fuck with this guy. Well, running backs are just built freakishly anyway. Yes. Like, it, it, there's something about it that makes me uncomfortable, probably just knowing that... that they can kick my ass you know i mean there's something about a really compact guy you know like i'm not a small guy by any means but something about a stocky guy like that that who just carries guys on his back yeah the way they carry they keep moving their legs when the guys like have like a thousand pounds on their back it's just insane like they'll hit a 300 pound guy and knock him backwards i'm like that's just stupid strong It's insane. And you got to be ang- you got to be it's like running into the side of a building. You got to actually have like just a fucking screw loose to like pound into the middle of the line knowing there's just going to be guys crushing you every single time. I always think about that like and they come up and their ankles are always busted or sprained and they limp off, they come back on the next like two plays later. I'd be like I need 3 weeks off. <laughs> it's like I'm just yeah. not I'm not going out there again. I don't want Indomica Sue stepping on my head again. <laughs> I'm just not I'm not up for that. Even the clean hits are fucking hurt. They got to just be in constant pain, right? I imagine uh, the next morning is rough. Yeah, and then as them and linebackers. But here's the thing. So he they had the investigation in February. I guess TMZ either had the video. I guess they hadn't bought it yet. So if there's no videos, you can deny shit. So, so the guess, NFL didn't see the video? No, not in February. They they claimed they had no knowledge of the video. It's sort of like the Ray Rice thing. They bu- they buried it, though, didn't they? Or did they I just not do a thorough I don't think it was out yet. I think the person who had it, which is usually, I guess, a security guard at these places, like in the Ray Rice case, yeah. steals it, then waits until they can sell it to TMZ for hundred grand or whatever they can do, and ha- figures out how they can sell it and keep the money since it's probably illegal. And then it gets in trouble, and everyone pretends like they didn't know what was going on, and there's, now there's a videotape, you got to be fired. But isn't it a fact like... I mean, this is Irene's question. Uh, isn't half the NFL a bunch of fucking violent beast dudes who are probably beating their women? And it only seems to be when you're on videotape that you actually get in trouble. I mean, if you accept the sport of football and you accept the people playing football, don't you almost have to accept the fact that they're going to beat the people that they live with, that they <laughs> live with? I mean, is that just one of the is that one of the conditions? Like, either you say it's okay or it's not okay. It can't be like. Well, we'll pretend it's not that bad. There's a videotape will just ruin someone's career. There's so many cases like you just you kind of forget how many dudes have, have uh, you know, been accused of and, and proven to, to beat their uh, to beat women. And I don't know. And like you got Aaron Hernandez, serial killer. Like, I don't. Of course, it's football. Right. If you told me that a dude on the dodgers was a serial killer i'd be like i don't think so no it's it would have to be football i can't think of any other sport and i'm i don't think there is one where a bona fide serial murderer has played professionally (laughs) no or or the golfers aren't out capping people that high level of it's a brutal it's a brutal sport that, that promotes brutal people and they're trained to be brutal and they're taken from brutal i mean these are mostly poor black guys from really bad upbringings violent gang infested you know and they're still around bad people i mean ruben foster as reading his story he beat his this girlfriend again probably his background the dad's in prison for violent offenses the mom's got a stepdad who's also beaten people 
I mean, it's just they're raised and they're raised. I mean, I feel kind of bad. They're all raised in a culture of violence and just shitty drug use and gangs and stuff like that. So they're really taking baseball guys. It's different. Most of them are from Latin America, but this is sort of like a, a Midwestern guy throwing the ball against the barn kind of thing. Yeah. In football, they are really finding big, strong black guys basically to play the sport. And they're giving them high school and college scholarships and coddling them through this process, knowing that they're fucked up in their heads because they're 6'2", 240, and they can run a 4840 and beat the crap out of people. Yeah, um, there's something there's something icky about it and and also, you know, the fact that they're they're destroying themselves. They're giving themselves brain damage, whether or not they already have it, but you know, you are being entertained by something that's you know, the ethics of which are yes. a little bit dubious. Well, not to mention after they you know, it used to be a little worse. Well, it's CTE now, but like back in the days, I used to go I was a Raiders fan of all things, but I used to go uh uh see like the ex-players, the old players. And by old, I mean like 45. <laughs> and they all were on crutches. They were all in wheelchairs. They all could barely walk. There was not a single lineman past the age of 50 who could walk. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had just horrible arthritis, damaged legs. I'm sure they all had, they didn't wear great helmets back then. They all had CTE, whatever it was called way back when. It was called just fucking dementia. Was um, that when the um, goalposts were on the front of the end zone? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. But imagine like before they even had the helmet technology they have now and the guys were banging heads and stuff all the time. And they're still huge galoots, but they didn't have any nutritional training. They didn't have any strength and conditioning. They're just big, huge guys who beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Just like uh, Ali, just like boxers, just getting punched in the face over and over again. So it's a real gladiator sport. It's a violent sport. And I guess the question that Irene asks is, is if you're going to accept the premise that we're going to watch the gladiator fights, then how do you start picking out which gladiators you don't approve of being part of the sport anymore when you're basically put, creating a multi-billion dollar uh, a Thunderdome type battle battle sequence going on? There is no holier than that. There is no holy position if you're a football fan. No. And, and also, if you're in the same social circle with these guys, you got to... I'm not blaming the victims by any means, but... Don't slap one of those guys. No, nope. don't don't start. Don't even start an argument with them when they're drunk. Don't date them, by the way. Don't date them. What do you think is going to happen? Well, you think you're going to get a baby, I suppose. An anchor baby. Who's that guy, Cromarty on the Jets, who's had like 13, 13 kids by like. Is he the one that couldn't name all of his kids? Yeah, by eight different women. Peterson. Yeah, I think it was Peterson, Adrian Peterson. But you know, if you're a poor woman and you have a guy who makes uh, has forty million dollars in career earnings, you get a baby out of him. Not a bad, not a bad gig. Not a bad beats beats a day job. Yeah, but go for the you know, maybe even a receiver quarterback. Obviously, yes. is your best bet. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. Stay away from the you don't defensive think, you don't think, ends. You don't think Giselle Bunchen is going to date Kareem Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a racial thing. It's just a she's not going to date a, a, a violent brute. I mean, she's a right. model. She's a model, and she's a, a multimillionaire model. She's not going to date a violent guy. No. Uh, she's going to date. She a would fucking, date a punter. Yeah, she's going to date a guy who's fucking Tom Brady, who fucking it's probably very nice to her and, and doesn't have CTE. And because, by the way, again, you can't get within five yards of Tom Brady without a roughing the passer call. It's it's insane. It's like they're not even playing the same sport. <laughs> no, like one guy you can't touch. Yeah, you can't touch the kicker or the the punter. You can't touch. You can't, and you touch, can't touch the white guys. You can't touch the white guys, basically the quarterback. And the whole thing with the sliding rule now. I mean, back in the day, at least a quarterback, if he was going to run, got crap beat out of him. Donovan, Donovan McNabb would like get the crap beat out of him, right? Right. But now it's like they slide, 
And it's like, and if you get near them when they're sliding, and like the guys hurt themselves trying not to touch the guy when he's sliding, <laughs> that's just bullshit. I mean, I, I can deal with a no. Okay, you can't go above the the neck, the helmet to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't launch yourself at the quarterback. I'm okay with that rule because that just seems fucking so violent, <laughs> so unnecessary for you to be a 250 pound person launching yourself at someone's head. But the yeah. fact that you can't like even like when he runs, you can't touch him, you can't tackle him. Um, it's just utterly, utterly ridiculous. I mean, I hate that part of the sport. It's funny, and the yeah, there is like people draw the line somewhere because everyone that likes football likes the hits. Yes, but you you don't necessarily want to see a guy's back get broken. Like you don't want to see a dude hit Tom Brady. Well, you don't want as to, hard as he can. You also don't want to see the Patriots without Tom Brady playing. Right. So these back in the day, the, the backup quarterbacks were in all the time because the, the starting quarterbacks were injured a lot. Because they were getting hit really hard, and then when the NFL figured out like people don't want to see Dan Fouts' backup playing for six games during the middle of the season every year, yeah, because it's just fucking it just sucks. We want stars. They actually started doing that in baseball too. They don't let the catchers block the plate anymore because Buster Posey on the Giants did it and he got his leg broken, and was out for the whole season, and they're like, we just don't want that anymore. That's like everyone's like that's part of baseball. And we're like we don't want stars out for a year with broken legs. I always thought it was a weird part of baseball though. Like blocking the plates because you're not really it's the only ta- collision tagging him it's technically only, you are but uh you, you're allowed to block the plate and he's allowed to you know, Pete Rose a famous one of Pete Rose in the All Star game which is not even count <laughs> flying into the guy the catcher and knocking him unconscious basically because he was such a fucking asshole competitor <laughs> but they the, the guys that's the only that's really that and the play where the guy slides in the second base mm-hmm. are the only actual contact plays in baseball uh with two guys where you can actually hurt yourself and those are like 99 percent of all the injuries were occurring in those plays mm-hmm. so he basically outlawed all those plays he just made it a total pussy sport which is fine because he wants to see uh, uh uh the top guys go out because of injury this doesn't you know you're paying 150 bucks you don't want to go to the game have lebron be out of the lakers game yeah, yeah i agree that would suck too. i mean you also gotta know as a football player like how many times if you're in a casino or a hotel, yes. do we have to see the security yes. footage? You have to know that if you're in the hallway yeah, or an elevator or wherever, if you're in a mall, if you're in a public place, there's going to be a camera there. Or just people with cell phone cameras taking your picture everywhere. Yeah. And TMZ is offering six figures for the camp for the deals. So, I mean, it's just, you got to, that's why these guys are just fucking instinctively violent. They don't know what they're doing. I think there's something shady. If, if the NFL, investigated this and and came to the conclusion that he didn't do anything or they yeah. couldn't prove it what kind of investigation were they actually doing because know. it seems like there were several witnesses i mean they could have not been cooperating well, wasn't that the same in the ray rice case where the uh the nfl let him off with like nothing and then the videotape yeah. came out and then it turned out the nfl never asked to see the videotape yeah, they didn't want to see and it. And then when it became public, they gave him, like, basically ruined his career, just destroyed him. So, yeah. So I think now it's like there's a tape. We have to do something. But I, I think they totally pushed it under the rug at first. It's only been around. So I read the story, but I think it was James Harrison, the, the Steelers uh, linebacker. And it was 2009 or 2010 when he basically stormed his girlfriend's apartment, kicked her door down. Uh, she was on her cell phone, grabbed the cell phone, smashed it against the wall and scared the shit out of her. Uh, I don't know if he actually beat her that time or just scared the living fuck out of her because she wasn't returning his calls or she was breaking up with him, whatever it was. And the Steelers, if you read all the articles, the Steelers said it was just a team matter. Mm. <laughs> and they got away with that. So it was like, we're only going back like eight or nine years when the NFL didn't even investigate domestic uh, violence accounts 
uh, and didn't give a shit about it at all. It's only been about five or six years since this has been going on. Yeah. And when, when the vi- and it's with videotape. You're right. The videotape has changed has changed fucking everything. You I should, mean, it's you got to know the cameras are. You got to know. You're right. And then when he, by the way, when he shoved the when he shoved the lady, I was like, all right, he shoved the lady. When he kicked her on the ground, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> like you can't you can't kick. Just kicking someone on the ground, even a man, is just like a really violent act. Yeah. Like who kicks who kicks people hard in the ribs, but kicking a woman. Well, it's yeah. But now I'm thinking, maybe just let the criminal system. It's not a very wholesome sport. No. Like you know, obviously no one's condoning beating up women, but obviously I, not. I don't see what you know, like. Uh, I don't know. All the owners are corporate criminals. The players, half of them are criminals. Like, uh, maybe just no just d- accept that this is the no kind of shit that's gonna happen. Unless Adrian Peterson's uh, baby mama comes up with pictures of her four-year-old son with fucking whip marks across his testicles from being lashed. <laughs> you let it go. You let it go. You let it go. Even that, man. I mean, let's be honest. You know, what? <laughs> why do we like it? Because they're they're violent dudes they're violent guys so you're saying you just you take your any uh, anyone in their sphere takes their chances of being uh, uh, occasionally beaten up by them so you talk yeah. about greg hardy though uh that was hard to look at the photos of a girl with the swollen eyes and shit yeah well he's like a total psychopath like he's even wearing the crazy contact <laughs> yes. like evil devil isis eyes or whatever they're yeah. called and <laughs> he he body slammed a chick onto his guns <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's like a twin offense. Yeah, like twin redneck offense. Combining so many <laughs> forms of violence here, but they are vi- they are violent dudes, and uh, you can't let men beat up women. But at some point, like the Reuben Foster girl, she keeps going back to him after he keeps getting accused of beating her, and they keep getting back together. And it, like you still have to arrest these guys for domestic violence, but you just wonder like these these women are just like feeding this fucking horrible relationship frenzy. There's no evidence that he like goes around beating women it's always that one chick in their life yeah like the, the college girlfriend or something like that and they just keep they're in a violent relationship and men express their like you know linebackers express themselves with their fists and the women express themselves in a different way yeah they do and they express i mean look i've never uh, touched a woman inappropriately but they will until your arrest for the rain dove assault oh uh, yeah at the putt putt golf course <laughs> 15th hall they will kind of push you as far as you can go they will basically dare you to assault them and you still don't do it but you know like i mean i was dating this girl and you know we'd get into an argument she would start an argument she wouldn't leave it alone and i would say all right i'm out of here i'm just gonna leave i'm gonna go get a beer take a walk and she would stand in front of the door and say you're not leaving wow and and I'd say, why, why are you not letting me leave? <laughs> and, and I said to her, you know, the next day, like, if you continue doing this, you're going to get thrown across the room at some point. Nice. So that I can get outside. So, so you're like, you're like pre cream hunt. You're like gave warnings. I will turn into cream hunts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, look, I don't want that to happen, but you can't infuriate someone and then not allow them to exit the situation like what do you think is going to happen you can't be that surprised when something happens these these couples push each other's buttons yeah so it's like a who's afraid of virginia wolf type situation where they're just trying to be like instigate violence in one another yeah at some point just to see it's almost like a they both come from a background where that's what they're comfortable with in some perverse way right like he's comfortable like beating his woman and the woman's comfortable like being with a violent guy and being victimized by him and it almost makes them 
I've studied, uh, read about this in psychology. It makes them, you know, even as horrible as it sounds to outsiders, it makes them feel loved in their own way, like wanted in their own way. Right. It's a weird, sort of like ch- kids who've been ch- molested as kids and with a strange sexual pattern and stuff like that. They almost end up wanting to repeat the, offen- the offenses they went through. Um, it's just fucked up. But it is the NFL, Matt. I'm going to be watching. Well, watch there's also thing. the women, as terrible as it seems as well, that probably go, okay, so I'm going to live in this giant house, not have a job, and if I decide to leave, I, I'm worth half of this you know, million-dollar jackpot. So maybe I'll just uh, take a punch in the face every now and then. Nice. You know? Yes. I would do it. I don't know. I'd take a punch for that living condition. <laughs> With, uh, although Kareem Hunt scares the fuck out of me, like you said. Yeah. I'm not sure I could actually... Uh, maybe a punter or something like that. I'm not sure I could actually go up to Kareem Hunt and start pushing him, chesting up with Kareem Hunt. Well, if Kareem Hunt... So maybe he did uh, exercise some restraint. Because I feel like if Kareem Hunt you know, put his best effort into it, I mean... Oh, he could have killed that, somebody. That woman would be... Yeah, no, he wasn't trying to kill her. He was just expressing a little little hulkish rage <laughs> and uh, she was obviously saying shit to him right um i mean always i mean it's just you can't let the guy who's 10 times as strong like it's just not we all agree it's not a fair fight when somebody who can bench press 400 pounds and kills people for a living takes on a woman of any kind right. we have to agree that's not right <laughs> I Matt, it's time for our final segment, uh, Pennies in a Bunch today. This is for our Patreon.com subscribers only. Go to Patreon.com forward slash Last Man Earth. If you want to hear this amazing thing, we're going to talk about porn. We're going to talk about pornography today. Head over now to Patreon.com forward slash Last Men on Earth. Creepy pedo voice compels you and also has your child in the back of his van. Help me, mommy. <laughs> All right, that's fucking weird. Uh, Matt, I'm a little concerned about Creepy Pito voice getting more and more severe in his threats each week to send people to Patreon.com. Uh, I don't think he actually has a van or a child in the back, but we might want to call the authorities just in case. All right, Matt, you have something to wish to pimp and promote on the show? Twitter at Matthew Ralston and Instagram, the Matt Ralston. Can people find you and Rain Dove uh, uh, mini golf photos on there? Oh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll will, they be, will you guys be doing duck lips together? <laughs> we'll see what happens. Duck, duck lips selfies. All right. Well, up th- listen next week to hear how that goes. Uh, make sure, uh, by the way, make sure you make a sex video. Eyes <laughs> with Lex. Last murder. Talk to you next week. Well, step aside, my friend. I've been doing it for years. I say sit on down. Open your eyes and open up your ears. Say put a tree in your butt. Put a, a bubble bee in your butt. Put a clock in your butt. Put a big rock.